Thanks for tuning in. This is Coupled in Fake, a show that aims to give real-world answers to all questions about faith in God. We are your host, Brent in America, and we are passionate about helping others face their battles and grow their faith in God. In today's episode, we will be discussing generational curses and how they affect our life and our walk with God. Now, before we get started, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Coupled in Faith Podcast. That's where we get to interact with you. You can also send us any questions you have that you may want answered on the show. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. So, America, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that someone can inherit bad choices and bad decision making and addictions and things like that from their father or their mother or previous generations. I do believe that things can be taught, meaning that someone just as I have taught journey to sit up and, you know, say bye-bye and things like that. Like Mm -hmm. it's a taught behavior and a taught um, attitude, things like that. Um, I also think like abuse and things like that, that happen in people's lives can affect the outcome of their future and how they are, who they are as a human. And, you know, I, I've always believed just from coming from a family, not my immediate family, but past family that has addiction issues. I believe that you can have an addictive personality and whether that be that either someone has at some point in time put you know, a curse over your family's life, or it just be that they've seen someone else drink and things like that, you know, um, or, you know, done drugs. But I do think that you can have an addictive personality. Okay. So from what I'm gathering, you believe more of nurture over nature. Pretty much. Yeah. That you're not really born a drug addict. I mean, now there are some medical issues where babies are born to a drug addict mother who is physically on a drug while they're pregnant or while they're given birth and that baby has those drugs in their system and they right. will go into detox right. and they will have that addiction, you know, immediately when they're born. But as far as say someone being born and never having that issue during pregnancy or anything, that just because their parents a drug addict, they're not necessarily going to be a drug addict. Right. And I do believe that, you know, and this is just, you know, me, myself, I believe that you can have soul ties to certain things, which can wrap up into that. Like if you're with someone that, you know, has Mm -hmm. been a drug addict, things like that, you know, that can definitely attach itself to you. And then that kind of opens up a door to where I believe that, you know, it gives kind of free will to demons in your life, you know, over certain things. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's like you said, um, nurture over nature. Well, I, I agree. I think it's more nurture over nature. I do think that as someone gets older, they get into their teenage years, you know, they, a lot of times as a child, they lose that innocence of a child. Through things that they see, they, you know, and that is nurture. Mm -hmm. They're seeing, you know, their parents doing drugs, their parents Mm -hmm. drinking, their parents, you know, living a life of sin. And they start to think this is normal. 
this is what this is how I'm supposed to live. Mm-hmm. You know, there are the there are the cases where a kid's like, you know, this this can't be all that's there for life. You know, um, but I do believe that those things make it easier for the demons that are plaguing their parents to attack that child. Absolutely, and you gotta remember too, like, you know, every we're all born into sin. Mm-hmm. So we're all born sinners, you know, so, <laughs> you know, we can, those are, those things are sins because they take over the authority of God. They become your God. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think the devil plays in that area and, you know, the demonic plays in that area because it's so easy to win souls in that area when their parents are already like that. Mm-hmm. And the child is, you know, seeing that, and the child's thinking that is normal. And then all of a sudden, bam, you know, the devil's attacking them, saying, you know, you're just like them. You're just like your parents. You're just like, you know, you're an addict. You, you know, you're an addict. Your parents are addicts. That's all you're ever going to be is an addict. And, um, you know, it really tears kids down. It they grow up in an environment that which that comes into the nature side of it. So I I believe it's more nurture over nature, but there is the nature side of it. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we have to remember too, like in all of this, you know, like Ephesians six twelve says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but mm-hmm. against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So, you know, a lot of people, and I don't want to get too far into this because it's kind of going to be off subject some, but there are three levels of heaven. And that third level of heaven is where the spiritual realm is and where you know, there's a war going on that's not flesh and blood. Yeah. And so the devil just plays into that when it comes to addiction and it comes to, you know, um, what, you know, we call generational curses. Now, whether that would truly be a curse or not on someone's life, um, you know, that's a different story, but that's what we call it. That's what people call it. You know, if I say, oh, you have a generational curse on your life, people understand what I mean by that. Well, and a lot of times, you know, it it is a curse. It is somebody because you have you have so many people in the world, you know, they they speak death over someone yes. without knowing it. Because your words have so much power. Yes. Um, and they speak death over someone without knowing it. They, you know, say, oh, well, so-and-so, his parents are drug addicts. He's probably going to grow up to mm-hmm. be that way or she's probably going to grow up to be a prostitute or mm-hmm. whatever. They speak those words, and you're you have the power of life and death in your tongue. Yes. And when you speak that to someone, when you speak that to you know about someone, even if they don't hear it, you're putting a curse on someone. You're speaking death into their life. Yes. And that's you know that's something that someone grows up hearing all the time, because I know. Children of addicts and children of prostitutes and, you know, alcoholics, they hear that all their life. Well, your parents are that, and that's probably what you're going to be. And well, it impacts them. You know, now something is said over you enough, you start to believe it. Even if it's not yeah. true, you start to believe, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm a failure. Or, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm an addict. 
and then you take on the identity that God never intended for you. That's not the identity of God or from God. Well, and if a lie is spoken over someone enough times, it becomes their truth. Mm -hmm. And that's where those curses come from. That's where those generational curses come from, is hearing that enough and growing up in that, you know, being raised in these atmospheres where God's not at. I mean, he's there, he's an omnipresent God, but he's not at the forefront. You're not being taught, you're not being said, you know, you're not being told, you don't have to be like this. You're being told, well, that's probably what you're going to grow up being. Well, and, you know, Brent, my question to you is like, this is, you know, a genuine question that I'm thinking of myself too, is, you know, how does someone break those ties? How does someone go about what based on your biblical knowledge and what you know and then we can kind of talk about it you know how do you break those chains of not not addiction but just those curses people have put over you by saying those things like you just said like saying you're an addict and you're not anything more than that and blah 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 like how do you counteract that do you have any scriptures or advice that you would give yeah, I do. It's Ezekiel 18 and 14 says, Now suppose this man fathers a son who sees all the sin that his father has done. He sees and does not do likewise. He does not eat upon the mountains. He does not lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, does not defile his neighbor's wife, does not oppress anyone, exacts no pledge, commits no robbery, but gives his bread to the hungry and covers the naked with garments, withholds his hand from iniquities, takes no interest or profit, obeys my rule, and walks in my statutes. He shall not die from his father's iniquities. He shall surely live as for his father. Because he practices extortions, robs his brother, and did what is not good among his people, behold, he shall die for his iniquities. So right there it's saying, you're not going to be punished for what your father's done. You're not going to be punished for what your mother's done. Mm -hmm. If you hold true and you follow the Lord, you're not going to be punished for that. That's their sin. Right. So, you know, you have to look at that and say, okay, God told me. I mean, those are straight words from God in Ezekiel saying, you're not going to die for your father's sins. Mm -hmm. So we have to live, you know, we have to live through that. We have to look at it that way and say, I can be better. I can do better things. Now, you will have to pray. You'll have to go to the Father. You'll have to go to God and say, Lord, please help me through this. Help me through these battles because the demonic is going to whisper those things in your ears. It's like I've told you all the time. You know, the demonic shoots little darts at you. They throw little darts at you, and it may be a a word saying you're an addict. You're an alcoholic. You're destined to be a prostitute. You're destined to be a gang member, whatever. You're going to hear that. Satan is going to send his demons to try to cut you down. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to destroy you. When you're living in an environment growing up, Satan is trying to attack you. He's trying to hold you there because he knows if he holds you there, 
you're not doing what God wants, so he's winning. But you have to push through. It's not going to be easy by no means. The Lord's going to help you through it. He's there to help you through it as long as you turn to him. And another thing, if you go down Ezekiel 18 and 20, if you go all the way down there, it says, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquities of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquities of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So I also think, too, that we have to counteract those things with good mm-hmm. and speaking words of life over our family, our current family, our future family, and their future family. And so I know you all have probably heard the song, The Blessing by Carrie Job and um, her husband. And so I just want to read from scripture. It comes from Numbers 6. It's 22 through 27. It says, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And so in the song, they both sing that. And they say, in your family and your children and their children and their children. So it's speaking a word of blessing instead of curse, a blessing over your children and their children and all the future. And that is so beautiful. And what a great thing to sing and say over your family and remember those things. So um, that's my best advice. You know, if the question was flipped to me is that just to speak those words of life over your life. And I'm serious. They have so much power, especially when you're in rooted in God's word and you're rooted in having a relationship with Christ and you speak those words over yourself and others in your family. They have power. Okay, so America, let me ask you this. Does your family have a history of any kind of addictions or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. So not my immediate family, meaning like not my parents or my grandparents, but um, unless you consider smoking an addiction, which I guess it is, then my grandmother would have fit in that category. (laughs) But there is a history of drugs and alcohol um, on in our family. And that's actually a good bit of Faith in Brooklyn story that you guys got to hear two episodes back. Um, That's a lot of the reason why they're with us is because of that addiction issues in my family. Mm -hmm. And it really affected my grandmother's childhood and my mother's childhood. My great grandparents were raging alcoholics Um, on my grandfather's side, my mom's dad. And I've never heard like the really bad stories, but I've heard enough to know that it severely affected my mother Yeah, and it's taken her years to get through that. And I think it still affects her. How could it not, you know, growing up around that? Um, <laughs> it's actually <laughs> the name Bonnie that we almost named journey. Uh, that's where that comes from. My great grandmother that was unfortunately a, Alcoholic, I, I should say weakened alcoholic. She was a fun, very functioning alcoholic. <laughs> um, and you were trying to talk me in the name and journey that? <laughs> Not because of that, because of the red hair. <laughs> the red hair. My my grandmother Bonnie had 
very, very red hair all the way up until she died. And um, anyways, I prayed for Jerry to have red hair and I got a little bit of it, but it ain't much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let me ask you this. Did your family or did your parents pray over you as, as a young child and speak that life over you? Oh, I'm sure they did because I've, thank God, never had an issue with any kind of addictions with yeah. anything. Um, so I'm I'm sure they did, Except especially for growing coffee, up. Coffee, <laughs> yeah, Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, Red Oak Coffee Company and yeah, Nichols. <laughs> true. <laughs> um, there's a little push for them there. Um, if you haven't tried it, you should. <laughs> but. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I I know my parents very well, especially my dad. You know, he's a big person of a praying and he he is big on this too, like not speaking things over yourself because like I said, they have power. So, mm-hmm. you know, saying, oh, well, I'm just not good at that or I'm just a failure at that or I'm never going to be good at that. He can't stand the word never. Never say never. And my mom always told me, can't, never could, won't, never will. So, yes, they definitely spoke those things over me and has you know, protected me from those possible addictions and things. And I've thankfully never had those issues, neither did my parents. Well, and that's something that, you know, we've also strived to pray over our kids and pray, you know, good, pray life into them, pray, you know, good things into them so that, you know, we hope that they never have to deal with any of that issue. You know, we hope for the same things that, you know, just like you've never really had to deal with any of those issues. But, yeah, I did try things when I was younger. I did I did party a lot, and it was something I had to break out of. Um, as you know, when I was living in Orlando, I was trying things. I was going out and, you know, partying and things like that and going out with friends and, I guess you would say, living it up at the time. I wasn't really living it up. You know, I wasn't living for God. Um I'm definitely a lot happier now. I'm a lot more satisfied with my life now. There are things, you know, as we all would, we all try to, you know, make make better of our life. But I'm content of where I'm at. You know, I know I'm serving God and I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing for God. Okay, so let me ask you this. If someone grows up thinking you know, one thing about themselves. They grow up thinking, oh, well, I'm destined to be this. As far as getting them to see Jesus, to see that Jesus can and God can change them and make them a new person, what would you tell them? So I would kind of, you know, I I don't know if I'd go, oh, well, this is what the Bible says. And let me get this to you because some people are really like, scared by that. So I would quote them 2 Corinthians 5.17, but say it in a way that's not just directly from the Bible. But um, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Okay. And Um, you want to know the crazy thing is when I asked you that question, I was looking on my notes and the scripture that I had for that was Second Corinthians five seventeen. <laughs> so, so, you know, if you're speaking to someone who doesn't believe in God, then you know you're obviously trying to get them to God. Mm-hmm. So that's how you get them is saying, "Look, like when you become 
a follower of Christ, you accept him into your life and into your heart, all those things are gone. Like God doesn't remember them. He doesn't know them. He's wiped them clean. Jesus mm-hmm. paid for those sins on the cross and your past on the cross. Like it's all brand new and you can start new and we're still going to fail and we're still going to fall short, but that's what I would do to encourage to tell them to encourage them. Yeah. And you're exactly right. You know, we're all as Christians, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all mess up, but the thing that we have that so many people see and say, oh, well, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to mess up. You're not supposed to fall. You're not supposed to be tripped up by that. Well, yes, sometimes it happens. But as a Christian, I know I have the grace of God. And, you know, God shows his grace on me. I may mess up. I may do something that I'm not supposed to. But I have grace. We're not looking for perfection. We're not looking for a sinless perfection. We're looking for a sinless direction. Yeah, it's good. I think, you know, Dylan gave me that one a few weeks ago to use on it. And that's twice I've used it on the show. <laughs> we just want to give a shout out to our friend Dylan for that. <laughs> he said we'd use his name anytime we want to. Okay, Brent. So if someone is already saved... And they are dealing with their past and all the stuff about their past is like basically haunting them. How would you help them deal with that or tell them what to do to deal with that? Well, I think they're going to have to understand and fully give it to God. You know, there's, there's a certain thing of we as humans, we give things to God and we say, Oh, well, I've given it to God. I've laid it down at, God's feet, but you know, when I really get to struggling and something comes up, you know, I pick it back up. I get worried about it. I pick it back up and I pick up my baggage. Well, if you're close enough to it to pick it back up, then you've never fully given it to God. You've never fully let it go. You've never fully said, God, I can't deal with this. I can't do this on my own. I need you to help me. You've said, well, God, can you help me on this? But I'm also going to try to help you help me. (laughs) And that never works. It never works when we try to do it. Or, you know, when we try to help God help us, he knows how to help us. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't need our help. He needs us to ask him for help. He's our father. You know, he is Abba Father. I'm a dad, and when one of my kids come to me for help, you know, I like it. I like when they come to me for help because it gives me a moment to teach. It gives me a moment to show them something that they don't know. Now, it may be something that I've helped them with 500 times, Mm -hmm. but still, you have to have that patience and Show them again, because it may be it may take 600 times to do it the wrong way, but that 601 time it may click and say, man, that's how that's how I do it. That's how daddy showed me to do it. Mm -hmm. Just as you know, if we let our past come back up 
and we give it to God again. It may take several times to give it to God, but when we truly give it to him and let him show us, let him change us, that's when it's going to end. That's when we're not going to have those issues anymore because we truly let God and we truly trusted him. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Coupled in Faith. Remember to subscribe and please rate and review our podcast. New episodes will release every Tuesday. We hope you enjoyed and remember, Jesus Jesus loves loves you. you.